Welcome to Superman and Lois, the New Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. We're here to talk about the CW's new show, Superman and Lois. Episode 2 has aired. Before we get into that, there is some news. The CW has officially renewed Superman and Lois for season 2. Yeah, that is really exciting. Uh, I'm, I think they probably wanted to hold off till after the pilot, but I'm guessing this decision might have been made already and it just would have had to be really something really bad happened for them not to do this. But either way, really nice to get this confirmation and to know we get at least another season of this. Not shocking, but always good to know for sure. It's a cool thing if you've never, if you're new to the CW, they're really good at this. They tend to announce renewals really far in advance. This is especially early before episode two even aired, but they tend to do that. That way, you know, going into the end of the season, if you're preparing for the end of the series or the end of just the season, and then I think that's cool. It allows them to tell the story how they want and maybe plant seeds for season two if it fits. Um, so really cool. Uh, according to the CW, quote, the debut of Superman and Lois delivers the largest day one streaming audience for a new series in the history of the CW, end quote. So they've been, obviously they're moving more and more towards streaming with their app and everything. I think this is like the fifth season where they've put episodes up on their site for free the day after in the U.S., but uh, still really cool. It sounds like they had a really good performance on streaming for Superman and Lois. Yeah, like you said, things are moving towards streaming, so I expect that this record will keep getting broken year after year, but it is it is a really good sign that uh, it got broken by this show. So people are obviously interested in it, and uh, there's a lot of people coming to, to watch it on streaming. I, I wonder if more people, I'm assuming more people stream it than watch it live, right? That's already crossed over. I'm sure, yeah, by now, especially the CW because it's such a thing. So we haven't even talked about the ratings. It, I think the ratings would put it as the number two show right now behind Walker, which just debuted, but apparently it did better than Walker on streaming, uh, obviously, if it if it set that record. So that's good. It might, it might be the CW's number one show overall. I don't know. I mean, I think we can guess that, but it's tough to say. Um, but yeah, so the really good performance, pretty exciting news if you're liking the show so far. Yeah. And like you said, I think the most important thing of, of them getting renewed this early is it gives the writers and the, the showrunners and everything a lot more freedom to tell a bigger story or plant seeds, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into episode two, Heritage. All right. So the uh, official description of this episode was there's no place like home while adjusting to their new lives in smallville lois and clark make an important decision concerning one of their sons meanwhile tensions begin to rise between lois and morgan edge and lastly lana lang cushing invites the kent family over for a barbecue uh this one was directed by lee tolan krieger and written by todd helping so we should point out right away there are two different versions of this so if you watched the live i think it was a normal 42 minute the episode they have up on the CW website, like Voodoo, if you want Voodoo, or if you've purchased the season pass anywhere, uh, it's a slightly longer one. I think about three minutes. There's some deleted and extended scenes, so if you want to check those out, they're all contained into a brief period. But there is a Clark and Lana scene at the barbecue, a brief John and Jordan scene, uh, also at the barbecue. We find out that General Lane has some kryptonite, and they really get into that, and then. Clark talks about that with Lois before at the start of the port chain that's a little bit extended there. So I don't know if this is going to be a normal thing going forward, but uh, definitely should point out you seems like you would miss some things if you just watched live. Yeah. The, the biggest thing is the general lane and the kryptonite thing. That was, that was surprising to see in the extended scene that wasn't in the, uh, the TV aired version. So 
uh, like you said, I'm I'm curious if this will be an ongoing thing or if they just had just a little bit too much to fit into an episode with commercials and everything on air. But it is kind of a an interesting decision that that was the part that got cut. Yeah, I don't know if this is just a freak thing. The stuff they did cut isn't terribly important to this episode. Yeah, but might have important ramifications going forward. And like you said, if it, if streaming is the bigger thing, maybe they just make the episode how they want and then release the 42 minute version on tv i don't know if that's gonna be the thing going forward because more and more people are watching it streaming so i don't know but i thought that was i guess we'll see if this becomes a a trend i don't really mind it Uh, the only problem is if you watch live and then you realize you you have to watch it again if you miss stuff or or that kind of thing it would be a problem but i think this would be cool it's i kind of wish like dvd sets of smallville and stuff that they put the deleted scenes back into the actual episode since there's not a time limit uh sometimes that can create some continuity errors if they reuse scenes later but um here it seems like this is could be important stuff and yeah i thought i think it's very interesting i guess overall overall before we get into the the scene by scene what'd you think of the episode i this was this is a very busy episode and that that's not a bad thing there's just a whole lot of things that they are planting the seeds for getting set up uh, lots of different storylines that are getting going um we, so we covered a lot of ground in this episode especially with lois which was nice to see i think that was probably both of ours maybe biggest critique of the first episode if you can even call it that was just we wanted to see more lois and her in action and her reporting and everything and we got to see quite a bit of that in this episode so this was a really strong episode for for lois and especially for uh clark and jordan as well but yeah i think it was did a really good job of moving lots of different storylines forward at the same time yeah uh Episode two is going to be tough. I didn't like this as much as the pilot, but I still really liked it. There's a lot of good stuff going here. It's definitely setting some stuff up and moving some pieces forward, like you said. I really liked the Lois and Morgan Edge stuff here, and that was probably the best part of the episode for me. I liked uh, I like what's going on with the family and the dynamic there, the Kent family. Uh, I thought it was a great episode for John, mm-hmm. really, in a lot of ways. Um, so I thought a lot of good stuff there. If I, if I do have criticism, the weakest stuff for me, like I like the lowest, I like the Clark, the Superman stuff and the stranger stuff especially is not hooking me. Yeah. Um, other than providing some cool action, uh, I'm not as invested in that as the other stuff. You know, I'm much more fascinated with what's going on with Morgan Edge in the town of Smallville than what's going on with the stranger. Yeah. I, I think I'm in the same boat and I'm also, uh, if anything concerns me going forward is the ending of this episode and the flashbacks that the stranger is having of his alternate earth and evil Superman. I will talk about that more as we get into like the full episode, but that that could go in some troubling directions, I think. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll get to that there, but that was probably my least favorite part. Like it ended the episode on a bit of a sour note for me. I was enjoying everything up until then. And then um, it, it is set up and we'll, We'll get to that. They can do some cool things for it. But in this context, I haven't liked it yet. So we'll see about that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Superman is a bit weak in this episode. And they they wanted to make a family drama. And they're I think they're doing that really, really well. It's now trying to find that balance with the Superman action. Yeah, the the family drama and the small town stuff is working great. And fitting, in, you know, it's like fitting in the superhero stuff around that is maybe uh, less successful so far. Uh, even though it's giving some cool action and stuff like that. Um, we, we met a lot of new characters, Morgan Edge, Chrissy Beppo, Jor-El, and Leslie Lahr, Morgan Edge's assistant. Uh, she didn't get much to do, but she was briefly there. What did you think of them? I, I really like Morgan Edge so far. We didn't get a whole lot of him, but he is he's filling that that role that I really wanted him to to fit of the very smart, but also very 
cunning and wily businessman who Lois is at odds with, who seems to be, uh, he's trying to convince people that he's good, but he's actually not good. So I, just from what we've seen from him so far, I really like that. And I also really like Chrissy Beppo, the flustered one person uh, running the whole Smallville Gazette. She she had some funny moments and I, I, I like her so far. More, yeah, Morgan Edge was spot on from what I want, what I like from Morgan Edge so far. And Chrissy is, I think she'll be fun. Uh, a quirky character, uh, yeah. a little eccentric, but pretty cool. And obviously idolizes, idolizes Lois. And if we're not going to see Clark as a reporter, it seems like we'll see Chrissy and Lois working together quite a bit going forward. Yeah. That could lead to some fun stuff. And Jor-El, we, we saw some. I, I was wondering if it was just going to be a voice, but that didn't last too long. We got to see him as a hologram. I wonder how often they'll they'll go back and interact with him. Um, I don't, there wasn't really much to get from him personality-wise other than just being a little bit cold and distant. So I, I'm hoping they flesh that story out a bit more. He was basically just the computer answering questions in this episode. He's a computer program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there is that. Um, but yeah, I get what you mean. He's just kind of a, a grumpy matter of fact, a little bit of a grumpy Jor-El so far. Well, let's get into the the episode scene by scene. Yeah. So the it opens up with a, a pretty beautiful montage, I think, of them moving from Metropolis to Smallville with Lois's voiceover. And it opens with her and she's really kind of the driving force behind this whole episode, I think. Um, but we see a lot of cool stuff. We see Clark flying to, to fix the roof and getting tools flying back down to get tools from the boys i thought that was a a pretty neat montage that whole thing absolutely i'm i like that they started with lois and gave her a voiceover after the last one started with clark and two episodes in the lowest stuff is probably my favorite so i'm really uh enjoying what bitsy's bitsy tolik is doing with the role and they're doing cool stuff there and just seeing sort of the mundane day-to-day stuff like clark flying around fixing the roof and the the boy's reaction there to seeing him fly uh, i love that little cool stuff that they've done yeah, and this is like, again, this is the super, like, you would think that you would want to see Superman in action fighting people. That would be the coolest thing and use of his powers. But I almost like him just doing this normal stuff around the day using his powers. And I'm I'm sure they'll keep finding creative ways for him to use his powers around the house and in other places other than just punching the stranger. But um, I really like these parts. Uh, but then we get the whole family kind of sitting around and discussing that Lois and Clark want Jordan to stay home uh, while he's learning about his powers. They don't want him to go to school and they, they talk about his heat vision, but they call it the ocular release of energy. And then they use the ocular release a few times in this episode. So it is kind of funny. Uh, and I, I like that they're calling it that. Yeah. And these family dinner table scenes, even though it was breakfast, I think were a cool way to check in where everyone's at. And I understand where Lois and Clark are coming from with not sure if they should take Jordan Although we'll get into some other stuff there. I would argue Jonathan is as much of a threat. I mean, he could just because Jordan blasted off some heat vision last week doesn't mean Jordan can't or Jonathan can't do it this week on the football field or something. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they have decided very quickly that Jonathan doesn't have powers when, like you said, it might just take him a little bit longer for it to come to him. Uh, But that doesn't last long. They, they end up sending Jordan back to school. So I'm, I'm glad of that. I, I think it would be a little weird to have one of the kids in school and the other one not the for the rest of the show, but I'm glad oh, they're yeah. both going to be in school. So, Absolutely. Uh, I guess we can, since you mentioned that now with Jordan going back to school and he got the ELT, I think Claire mm-hmm. called it, the beeper thing, why not give Jonathan one also? Like, yeah. like we said, just because 
the same thing could happen to him any day. They are twins. Probably have some similar genetics there, you would think. So uh, I think that would be just as possible with Jonathan going forward. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we see the stranger in Moldova. He's looking for kryptonite but doesn't find any. And so he, he goes on his ship and talks to the, the AI on the ship, which I wonder if it'll end up being, we'll find out that it is like some person that we actually know or if it's just some generic faceless AI that we'll never actually know who it was. That's that's not a important thing. I was just something that piqued my curiosity. Yeah, if it's just a computer AI or if yeah. it's someone he's communicating with right. directly, either from another time or place or universe or something like that. Yeah, that's an interesting. It's definitely an advanced AI if it is. Yeah, but he says to the AI that we need to stop Kellel before he does to this world what he did to mine. And he has, he says something similar to that in the first episode, and he says something similar to that a few more times in this episode. So really setting up that he was from maybe some alternate Earth or something that Superman destroyed. I, I think that's certainly what they want us to believe there, you know, yeah. or something, either Superman destroyed it or something with Crisis happened and changed things up. So right after that, this cold open, we get kind of the slam in of the, the credits and title and music and everything. So I wondered if they were going to do that for the rest of the show. It seems like they're going to do that for the rest of the show. I like it. It's cool. You don't know when it's going to come. And then it just slams in with some pretty nice music. So that's the last time I will notice that and talk about it. But I just thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless something changes with that. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool moment. You know what the show's about. Yeah. Uh, so Cl Clark takes Jordan flying to the fortress. Uh, and this is, like you said earlier, with giving uh, Jordan DLT, but not Jonathan and treating Jonathan very different. I know that's going to be a source of drama, but sometimes it seems a little like a little bit forced of how differently they're treating Jordan and pretending like it's not a thing when obviously I think I think they know that they need to tone it back a little bit and uh, not treat Jordan so differently as Jonathan if they don't want to cause conflict. Yeah, I I think part of it is the whole family's going through some changes and they're trying to figure out the right thing to do. I... I totally get the tests why Clark would just take Jordan for the tests because he displayed powers. But for this first part, especially there's no reason Jonathan obviously he had school, but I wonder if they could have gone on the weekend or something like that where, yeah. so Jonathan could have learned about his, it's his heritage too, right. right? Everything going on with Krypton. I think going to the fortress and seeing that stuff. Uh, I wish Jonathan would have been there and I definitely 100% get where Jonathan is coming from in this episode. He is, he was a little arrogant, you know, in the first one, but you see he has a good heart and the, the brothers care for each other. But this one, when they're flying off and he's getting in the car to go to school, I totally understand where Jonathan's coming from here. Uh, you would think he would be going with them. Yeah. So I, I hope that Lois and Clark do a better job of kind of balancing that out. Like Clark could easily, Jordan can't fly. So Clark could easily also with Jonathan, just take him flying. Like, okay, my dad is Superman. He's going to fly me around in the air. That's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, so anyways, they go to the fortress and Jor-El explains about Krypton, like you said, some of the, the history teaching Jonathan or Jordan. Uh, and we see his hologram come out and learn that Jordan was named after Jor-El. I don't, I don't think that was a surprise, but it was nice to have that little tidbit. Confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Jor-El says that Jordan is going to be the one to further the Kryptonian heritage. So he's got a lot of hopes that he's going to be the one that keeps the Kryptonian bloodline going. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Lois then is doing some research on Morgan Edge. And like I said, this episode, we get a lot more of investigative journalist Lois, which I, I really enjoyed seeing. And uh, while she's doing that, Kyle and Lana uh, see her and invite the Kent family to a dinner that we'll go to later. 
Uh, but right around then, uh, General Lane shows up and tells them about Moldova and then grills Clark about why he moved to Smallville, tells Clark he ruined the boy's childhood. Uh, so some harsh words from General Lane. And he is he's quite the gruff, angry character that I was expecting. Uh, so I I understand his motivation, but he is he's a, a pretty tough guy. <laughs> the opening scene in the pilot made us think, oh, they're very friendly, very friendly yeah. relationship here. He's definitely there's more to General Lane's story that we don't know yet, I think. And I, I think this could go a lot of different directions here, uh, but certainly a source of tension there. And saying he ruined the boy's childhood, that's a, a little rush and rough. And they touched on how the lifestyle is difficult for Lois too. And I don't know if they'll expand on that further in the future and how that's impacted her, but I'd like to see how Lois would respond to that statement. Yeah. Uh, but Clark has to take off real quick because they get a call about something going, going on in Mongolia. Uh, but, Elsewhere, Lois goes to the city council meeting that she overheard about. Uh, she meets Chrissy Beppo. This is the person who is a reporter slash running the Smallville Gazette. And like we said earlier, she is, she's a pretty fun, quirky character. I, I'm liking what we're getting from her so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love the moments before the city council moment meeting. The little family moments they have are so good. Uh, with Clark not wanting Lois to cause a stir in their first yeah. days in Smallville, the boys playfully fighting with each other as they go in and Lois tells them to not make a scene or anything as she's about to make a scene and cause some trouble at the council meeting. I thought those were all some great moments that this show is doing really well. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but anyway, so this city council meeting is basically centered around Morgan Edge and he's coming in to, to buy up things and he's guaranteeing all these jobs and everything. But Lois pushes back on Morgan Edge about some of his past failures of bringing in jobs and he kind of takes that moment and as a crafty kind of shady person does a pretty good job of insinuating that oh well maybe because you said that i'm not going to come to smallville and give anybody jobs and it's going to be your fault yeah <laughs> he does a great job of turning the room around really quickly um and it's very frustrating to see lois in that situation um but they yeah i think morgan edge is just spot on with all that he did here and there's definitely more to this story going forward obviously they touch on that at the barbecue we don't know the details of what happened in new carthage or the financial situation there. But there's definitely, you know, obviously going to be more conflict with Kyle and Morgan and Lois and, and everything else. And another side note here, I'm, I'm really liking Eric Valdez as Kyle Cushing. Yeah. He's obviously very antagonistic to Lois, but he's playing it so well. The actor is doing such a good job with it. I just love the way he said, and that's not counting peripherals, folks. The way yeah. His accent and everything. It's just, it's just great. Uh, he's a really believable character and um, frustrating for Lois, obviously. But uh, I, I really like the, what the actor is doing with the role. Yeah, and also, you know, pretty understandable. Like he, he really genuinely. It's he's not trying to to mess up anything in Smallville. He wants jobs to come. He's just he's a little bit too gullible or believing the wrong person. Yeah, he wants a, what's best for his town. This seems like a good deal. And maybe in some ways it is, which is the point he was trying to get across at the barbecue. Um, yeah. We don't know the rest of that story yet. Uh, but Superman goes and finds a stranger in Mongolia while this is going on. And they fight. There's a bomb on his ship. He flies it up in the air and it, it blows up in the atmosphere. There wasn't really a whole lot that happened in this scene. It was, like we said earlier, this is maybe some of the weaker parts of the episode, at least in my opinion, that I don't know if this scene was entirely necessary. There just hadn't been action in a while it moves things along a little bit i guess yeah I, th I think the stranger stuff isn't fitting in quite as naturally and also like a side frustration two episodes in and we haven't seen outside of the opening montage in the pilot we haven't seen superman do 
anything unless it involved the stranger. Yeah. Um, and I get they, they don't want to have villains of the week or, and they're trying to tell more of a longer term story, but I would like at least references, if not newsreels or something like that, that he is doing stuff. We're not focusing on that, but he is saving people, helping people throughout the world, throughout the day when he can. Yeah, exactly. And he's, I mean, they do touch on it a bit about how he has to run off all the time and he has a kind of sit down with the boys and talks about how he needs to balance that better. But like you said, it would be great to actually see some of that happen on screen. Um, But at the high school, Jonathan, he's not doing so well at football and he's having a a hard time. And I I think he's getting a little jealous about Jordan, which like we said, is very understandable coming from him. Yeah. The Jonathan stuff really worked for me this episode. He's He's arguably lost the most moving to Smallville and was cool with it to help his brother, help his family. But apparently he's still with his girlfriend. I don't know how far Smallville and Metropolis are. Apparently not too far. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be like Smallville, the TV show, where they're exactly as far apart as the plot requires. Um, <laughs> he's having a tough time with football, obviously, for something because Sarah's boyfriend hates him because of his brother and all of that. So he's he's in a really tough spot here. And I thought it was great. I thought all of his stuff was really good. And I love the talk. We're not there yet, but I the love the talk between Lois and Jonathan because they have the two, the most to lose. Right. Clark apparently lost being a reporter, but he uh, that apparently doesn't bother him any, I guess. He was a reporter yeah. for 15, 20 years. doesn't bother him. Jordan didn't seem to have a ton going on in Metropolis that he is missed. Um, but Lois and Jonathan really did have a lot to lose. Yeah. And that was, that was something I was wondering before the show even started was we we talked about how if one of the kids had powers and one didn't that hopefully lois would kind of bond with the one that didn't have powers clark would bond with the one that did and we'd be able to kind of understand that relationship between lois and clark and their parenting styles um by seeing how the the two kids interact and how they kind of mirror their parents and i I think they're going down that path and i'm i think there's a lot of uh good stories they can tell with that agreed uh, so Lois is, she's writing a pretty harsh article about Morgan Edge. Um, she has a gut feeling that that's her purpose for being in Smallville and she shows it to Clark and Clark kind of warns her like, you can't really do this. Uh, how's this going to end up for you? And we will see that happen later on in the episode. Everybody knows she can't write it. She knows she can't write it, but she wouldn't be Lois Lane if she didn't exactly. write it. Uh, and then Clark takes Jordan back to the fortress for some more tests and but uh, Jor-El finds out and tells him that he only has small, random bursts of powers and he's he's never going to be like Clark, uh, like Kal-El. And Jordan overhears that and is obviously very distraught and upset about it. Yeah, I think Jor-El is probably wrong for their we're learning here. Apparently he wasn't as great of a scientist or else AI Jor-El isn't as good of a scientist as the real one. But I like that they're slow playing this with the uh, powers yeah. and how how powerful he is and there's still some mystery there i think it would be cool if jordan and or jonathan if they get powers if they've got a smaller amount like a smaller scale version of superman's powers or you know some people thought about splitting their powers and one gets one and one gets the other but i think jorrell says he's not even one one hundredth uh as powerful because he can't store as much solar energy well one one hundredth of superman is still pretty powerful yeah (laughs) if he can fly around the world in a few seconds if it takes four minutes for Jordan to go around the world flying as an example that's still pretty powerful so I'm curious how they what the long-term plans are for that yeah and that that is definitely a story that I think like you said they could stretch out for a really long time him discovering and developing new powers it would be very interesting for him to get some powers that 
Clark doesn't have um, something that they haven't seen before that or Jor-El hasn't seen before. Yeah, something with Kryptonian and human DNA mixing. Yeah. Um, but so they come back from the fortress, they go to the house and Jordan and Jonathan fight. Things kind of come to a head uh, about what's been going on and the jealousy and the hurt and everything. And Clark is kind of struggling, I think, to he doesn't I don't know if he wants to take sides or he's he's struggling trying to defuse the situation. And Lois steps up and kind of brings the entire family together and sets everybody straight and tells them that they're going to go to the Cushing's dinner together. It was really awesome to see Lois take charge like this and kind of rally the whole family around her absolutely uh cool scene for lois and th- this episode arguably felt heavier than mm. the first episode even though there was more bad stuff happening in the first one but it's felt more heavy more dramatic uh and i love the little moments they uh, maybe could have used a couple more but there was a the moment when they get to the party and lana opens the door and they're, they're smiling oh sorry we're late yeah. i thought that was just a cute moment um for fun and clark says they'll stay for an hour and lois says tops because <laughs> they really don't want to be there i thought that was a cool cool family moment yeah so uh, at the at the dinner lois argues with kyle about the job proposal and everything that morgan edge is supposedly bringing to the town and this is where we really get to hear kyle's side of it and then about how a little bit of nothing is better than nothing and he he knows that maybe this isn't the best deal but there's it's something coming to his town when there's there's nothing there really yeah so you get where he's coming from i don't know that he needed to bring it up over ribs yeah <laughs> can just enjoy the barbecue uh but that's a just part of cow's character i guess uh yeah really tense barbecue scene yeah <laughs> i think this is from the earlier trailers there was a scene where clark says i really wish i could get drunk sometimes i think that was from this but it ended up not getting aired it's not even in the extended scenes i don't think unless that was at the the funeral reception in the pilot episode i don't know no i I think he i think he was wearing the same clothes okay (laughs) maybe they didn't want to let on that clark has a drinking problem because he's Uh, been drinking he's been drinking two episodes straight him and lois have so maybe that maybe that's why they cut that but what do you think about the clark lana scene oh the extended scene that Mm -hmm. it was i this was one that i was kind of glad that they cut and maybe i would have preferred not to cut there there's been a couple awkward things where they're setting up and talking about maybe the past romance and relationship that Lana and Clark had, and it's a little awkward. I'm not super interested in going down that story path. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't too sure how I felt about it. Yeah, I would have been fine with this staying cut. I think it's on the surface, Clark and Lana, you know, having a nice chat, catching up and stuff is fine. Uh, but Lana does not come off well as the tipsy a little bit tipsy ex-girlfriend talking about how she just got Clark back. Uh, that didn't come off right to me. It does, it does hint, I think, that there's more going on in the Cushing family. They seem great so far, other than Kyle, you know, being a bit rude to his girls and everything. They seem like a happy family, but I think there's more there. And Sarah alluded to that in the first episode when talking to Jordan. Um, I think there's more to come with that story, obviously. Yeah, I, I, think, I think what I would say is I would be... I'd be okay with seeing some of the drama in the Cushing family. What would be really weird and I wouldn't want to see is Clark responding to Lana in any sort of romantic way because he has been with Lois for, what, 20 years now at this point. He is beyond happily married. So I I don't think that would be like a storyline, like anything endangering the relationship would be something I'd want to see. Yeah, it seems like maybe they're hinting. I don't know what they're getting at. Maybe Lana 
is confused and frustrated and yeah. doesn't know what to do. I don't want to see Clark really get involved with the Cushing family drama so much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the cookout, they kind of end up ending things because Clark hears a call and he has to, to take off. Um, so we get out of there and Lana also has noticed that Morgan Edge has modified her story to be very pro Morgan Edge. And so two big things coming up for one coming up for Clark, one coming up for Lois. And both of those things are going to come to a head. Yeah. Lois isn't going to put up with that. No. Uh, but what has happened that is called Superman away is that the stranger has shown up at the Department of Defense where General Lane is. And he tells General Lane to stop protecting Kal-El, uh, tells him don't call him Superman. Uh, he says, where I come from, you're like me. You don't trust him either. And gives him dog tags with the Superman crest on one side and hell on the other side, or maybe 7734 could be. It looks like a calculator when you're in elementary school and you typed out dirty words and turned them upside down by using <laughs> numbers. Um, but yeah, this is, it's setting up that obviously this is a an alternate world, world because General Lane is on that world as well. Yeah, pretty clearly something going, something multiverse here, which I don't know if this Superman I guess this this show is really clear of the rest of the CW shows, and this one kind of mixed in with them a little bit more, I guess, fit in the larger continuity. So I think he, Martian Manhunter, maybe let him know after Crisis that he there was a multiverse at one point, and they think it's gone now, right? Right. Um, but Superman shows up, stops the stranger, uh, punches him, and finds out it was just a robot in the suit. So I think the suit is done for for now. He needs to rebuild a new one so we won't see him in that much uh much longer or it's an insanely powerful suit i don't know (laughs) where that comes from or how that's made but it's fast as fast and strong as superman or more yeah but right after this is the i think the most important deleted scene that we alluded to earlier is general lane has been stockpiling kryptonite and he says it's to protect superman to make sure that nobody else has kryptonite and can hurt him but that is a bit flimsy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, do you believe that at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I think there is more to the story here. Um, maybe he trusts Superman, but I'm sure he's very much a contingency plan kind of guy. And, oh man, if he goes bad or if there's more of him, I don't know how many encounters the Superman has had with other Kryptonians, but... You know, if Zod has invaded before or if anything like that, I think he wants to be prepared for all scenarios. I, that's what the kind of guy generally strikes me as. Yeah. And like you like you said earlier, maybe they cut this because it's not going to end up being a an actual story storyline for a while. So they can maybe reintroduce this or remember, remind people later on in the season. And it was not information that they needed in the, the cut where they were a little more um, they needed needed to cut down for time. But it was some pretty big info to, to leave out for the, the audience. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of reminds me, there's a, a storyline called New Krypton in the comics. And that 7734 that you mentioned uh, is involved with that storyline. And um, generally in dealing with Kryptonians, that's all kind of involved there. I don't love the story, but it's pretty good. Um, has some interesting ideas. I don't know how at all it could fit into this show or how they would take, what parts they would take to that. But I think it's hinting at some of those things. Yeah. Uh, so Clark flies back from here and ends up having the discussion with Lois on the porch and talks a little bit about General Lane, her dad, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> having the, crypt- the kryptonite, but that that's cut out as well. Uh, but then they do have a, a pretty nice talk on the porch. It It is kind of jarring, but also kind of cool to see Superman going from insane action to seconds later 
just relaxing, laying back in a chair on the porch in the middle of the country, talking to his his wife. It it it's it just kind of drives home the kind of absurdity of Superman that makes it pretty awesome though is how different his two lives are and uh trying to to work those together and to balance the two and those are some of the coolest moments in some of the more comic booky moments thinking back mm-hmm. to like the pilot the cool opening action scene and you see him do that feet first going into their old house yeah uh switching into clark getting caught up on the day's news uh quickly and everything he missed i, I really like those moments i think they've been done well yeah and then jonathan and jordan have a, a really nice kind of touching scene together where you know, Jordan's talking about the tests and how they didn't go well, and he's not going to be like his dad, but Jonathan is there for him, and he's going to help him figure out the powers, even if Jor-El doesn't think he has powers. And so it was really nice to see the the brothers coming together on that. Yeah, and again, they've, they argue and bicker and fight like brothers do, but they love each other and are there for each other the whole time. Like, I think Jonathan has genuine excitement earlier in the episode when Jordan starts telling him about the fortress and everything. And I think it's yeah. it's really cool, really been handled well, the way that they both seem like really good people underneath and really care about their brother, even if they give them a hard time all the time. Yeah, and uh, I think things are going to get a little easier for them because Clark gives Jordan that uh, device, the ELT. Is that I didn't catch the, the acronym. I think it's ELT. Yeah, ELT. I don't know. Yeah. Elect- electro something T. We yeah. all know what that is. Um, but he gives that uh, little beeper thing to to jordan and the reason he's given him that is so he can call superman anytime he needs to so that he can go to school and have a bit of a more of a normal life so like i said i'm really glad that jordan and jonathan are both going to be going to school and we're going to get to to see them uh dealing with things together elt an extremely large telescope i don't think that's it that might be it elt (laughs) ending lamination theorem probably probably not that one so uh i'm not sure exactly what it stood for maybe they'll get into that further but yeah, um, I'm glad they're going back to school there. And I did like the little bits of school stuff, the football practice. Even if if you've ever played football, it's tough to watch football practice scenes sometimes yeah. on film. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't call out the plays at the line of scrimmage quite like that. Well, maybe maybe it's a no huddle offense. I don't know. Um, but yeah, cool stuff. And I, I like I like a lot of the small scale stuff they're doing here: barbecues, city council, football practice, that kind of stuff. I think is all cool. Yeah, these like we said before that. These things, the kind of quote unquote real life things are really, really working well, I think. Um, but then Lois has her big moment and she goes in and quits her job at the Daily Planet. I, I thought it was awesome. She got to storm into a, a big meeting where Morgan Edge is, I think, trying to get their website to be better, whatever. But he's with a bunch of really important looking people. Yeah, <laughs> get the clicks. Um, but this was an awesome, cool moment. Uh, she hands it in, walks out, and we just see all the stunned faces. And she just stands in the, the elevator cool as a cucumber she's a she's a tough lady this is great in this scene yeah <laughs> <laughs> i never want to see lois quit the daily planet but if morgan edge buys it uh she doesn't have much of a choice so really tough situation i wonder if she'll go back or if she's going to be at the smallville gazette i can't imagine the smallville gazette can pay as well as the daily planet and they're not in great financial shape right so she she goes to the smallville gazette and basically she's going to get a job there and that is the thing that I've been wondering about is, okay, so Clark lost his job. She just quit her job at the Daily Planet and is going to go work at a broom closet, basically, that <laughs> has no other employees. Like, didn't they, they need to pay off the reverse mortgage, right? Like, what? Yeah. I guess they're making money off of farming now, supposedly, but I don't think it's that much. There's a there's a really solid future, bright future in small local newspapers, right? 
Uh, from everything I know, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a sound investment. Uh, I can't imagine they've done much farming yet. I can't imagine crops are ready to go or anything like that. So, yeah, Clark, you better uh, get to work there on the farm. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, cost of living is probably much smaller in Smallville <laughs> than Metropolis. Maybe they quickly sold their place in Metropolis and uh, are doing okay for now. But yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see Lois at the Smallville Gazette. Like I said, I like Chrissy Peppo, the, the person who's working there. So I'll be interested to see them maybe working together and as a team trying to figure out some of the shady deals that Morgan Edge is doing and also some other, other things, investigative journalism. And obviously, Chrissy doesn't know that Clark is Superman. So there's going to be some tension there, uh, perhaps. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm... I like that small town newspaper. I like the small town stuff that they've done so far. So I guess that just leaves us with the the end. Captain Luther there having what looks like a flashback to his earth, it seems like, where there's an evil Kal-El just mowing down people with heat vision, General Layton including, you know, it's implied that he takes over that planet or rules it or destroys every living thing on there. Yeah, this was, like we said, maybe left a bit of a sour taste at the end of the episode. I, I'm a little concerned of, I'm hoping that this is just alternate universe where Clark was always evil. He was raised by evil people, maybe, or this only ever had an evil Superman on this earth. What I don't want to see is basically the same Clark that we have now pushed to this by some sort of circumstances, like he's given up and decides to go evil. I don't really want to see that because that's not, for me personally, that's not something that like, I believe would happen to Superman. I can't imagine anything that would actually force him to be like that. So I hope that they don't go down that path. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will, I will fully say this is me as a Superman fan, bringing in baggage from other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> fully admit that. Um, and this is not a criticism of this show or the Elseworlds crossover or Batman versus Superman or justice league or injustice or injustice Two. Or the upcoming Justice League versus Suicide Squad movie, uh, TV show or video game. Yeah, uh, I'm. If I never see an evil alternate Superman mow down people with heat vision again, that will be more than okay with me. So this definitely left a bad taste in my mouth. They could do something cool with it, and I'm I'm gonna try not to judge this show because, again, I don't blame this show or any of those other things. I blame that they're the last ten years of DC have been. Hey, Superman's cool, but. Man, if he wasn't, that'd be terrible for everyone. Um, again, like you said, I don't, I don't think anything could happen to Superman that would make him do this, barring mind control or something like that. Maybe the anti-life equation or something with Darkseid, you could justify it. But um, we're speculating here; we don't know anything. It's meant to be a mystery. Uh, but seeing that is is like the the only thing that I disliked two episodes in. There's some stuff that I thought was okay, loved most of it, but this was the only thing that I was like, oh, okay. We're going there again. Yeah. So I wonder how many more of these flashbacks we'll get if it's just going to be kind of these traumatic events that we'll we'll see from Captain Luther or if we'll actually get big, long stretches of flashbacks from his Earth as we uncover his story. Yeah. And maybe the war setting made me think this was perhaps Overman, mm -hmm. which is uh, basically if Kal-El was found by Hitler Yeah, in the 1930s, that... Um, maybe they're going that route. Uh, but I guess that might be my, the best of the scenarios I, that I've heard about so far. Um, again, they could do a lot of cool things with this and 
Captain Luther seems a lot cooler now, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see where he's coming from. So, yeah, I don't know where they're going with this, and it's a mystery, so I'm not going to judge it yet, but it, it, I didn't love this scene as it was shown. Yeah, the the only maybe silver lining I could think of of having such an extremely evil, bad Superman on his Earth is hopefully this Superman, this Kal-El, this Clark, can win over Captain Luther and show him just how good he is and convince him that he really is, you know, he was raised by great people. He has great morals. He is only here to to help people. So I, that would be really cool if he could win him over and convince him that he's good. He would never do that, you know. I think that yeah. would be a really, that might be a cool way to do it. Right. Yeah, there's a, a lot of Superman things where, okay, now if you just remove Lois or Lois and a kid or something like that, Superman would snap. I love Lois Lane. I don't think that was what would, and she's incredibly important. I don't think that would happen to Superman. Just my personal taste for uh, the Superman I love. Like worst case scenario, if something happened to Lois and the world rejected Superman for whatever reason is you would see like kingdom come Superman. Yeah. As in the Brandon Routh version from the crisis like that, he would still be Superman, but maybe a bit bummed out. Yeah, <laughs> Basically. exactly. That's that's my personal taste, and I'm I'm not going to try to apply this to the show or anything like that, and I'm not going to judge this until I see what they do. But it it's didn't excite me yet. Yeah, so let's let's not end on a sour note like the episode yeah. did. Let I I I really really enjoyed especially the Lois storyline throughout this episode, and she got to show off just kind of how strong and powerful she is, and how cool of a character she is. I I love seeing her. Like you said, it's it's not cool to see her quit the Daily Planet. That's just because I associate her with that so much, but it mm-hmm. was cool to see her quit this way and to be uh, so forceful about it. That's definitely something she would do in this scenario. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Some great Lois stuff. And I'm really, I'm excited to see what she does going forward. Um, and, and more and more of the family dynamic as they try to figure stuff out. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I am really liking it despite me bringing baggage into the final scene. Admittedly, uh, mm-hmm. I really like the the vast majority of this episode. Yeah. Well, that is it. If you don't want to see about next week's episode, uh, you can like, subscribe, whatever, leave a review, and we would appreciate that. Um, but next episode, the perks of not being a wallflower. There's a brief teaser out there. Any thoughts on this? It doesn't show a ton. It's some quick shots. Yeah, there's. it looks like maybe Clark, as Clark, is being punched by just a normal person. So I, I wonder what situation has led to that, where maybe he has to hide his powers and let himself get hit but it also looks like he's getting hurt by it so maybe he's weakened in some way or something um but like you said not a whole lot to take from this this teaser yeah it's cool to see him going off taking off with the family there and it looks like there's gonna be a cool action scene involving a bridge uh and lois is gonna get herself into trouble which is is awesome as she investigates some cool lois lane stuff so looks cool looks fun looking forward to it yeah all right well that is all we have for today thanks for listening and we'll be back next week 